We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For decades in the city, whether it's a good economic time or a bad economic time, homelessness is very, very underfunded when compared to the scope of the need. Welcome to WBBM In-Depth. I'm Lauren Brown. As we approach the latter half of the year, the city is gearing up to start creating a budget for 2023. Chicago Budget Public Engagement Forums are an integral part of that process. The forums allow residents, community members, and others to voice their opinions about where to allocate funds and what is important to them right now. I had the pleasure of attending the first forum at Kennedy King College to hear from residents and city leaders about their concerns and plans for the future. As members of the community engaged in discussion about violence prevention, mental health access, youth support, and more, the main concern was affordable housing and homelessness. One woman said, it's just not enough housing for people who need it. I'm not a housing expert by any means, but it feels like there's just simply not enough affordable housing units for people to access or those that are safe. I know like one of the only low incomes in Chicago that frequently has open place, open uh, uh, units is Berkeley Gardens, which has a very violent reputation over at 1630 King Drive. And so there's also safety issues and quality issues with housing that exist. We wanted to learn more about the work being done around affordable housing and homelessness in Chicago. So we spoke to Julie Dorkin, the Director of Policy for the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. In our last estimate, there were 58,000 people in Chicago who were experiencing homelessness in the course of a year. And that's from 2019 because we use census data from the American Community Survey and there's a delay when it comes out. So that's pre-pandemic. And Dworkin says of those people, nearly 13,000 are children, over 34,000 are black, and over 14,000 were Latinx. So over 80% of the people experiencing houselessness in Chicago are people of color. We are committed to addressing the root causes of homelessness, which we see as the lack of affordable housing, the lack of living wage jobs, the lack of access to health care and supportive services, and systemic racism. The Chicago Coalition for the Homeless partnered with Bring Chicago Home Coalition and other Chicago-based advocacy groups to release a report card in June, assessing Mayor Lori Lightfoot's progress on the issue in her first three years in office. This was the first time the coalition issued a report card, and Mayor Lightfoot received failing grades. After only making one-time investments and not following through on her support for a proposal made by BCHC four years ago, we were trying to increase the city's real estate transfer tax on properties over a million dollars. 
and the mayor supported our proposal during her campaign, but then um, once she got into office, decided to raise the tax and uh, wants to use the money for just the general budget. One of the things that we reported on in the report card was that she has left $300 million on the table by not enacting this tax increase. She has um, left that amount of money on the table that could have been going towards building permanent supportive housing for people experiencing homelessness in the city. CCHC and BCHC are still pushing for an increase on the city's real estate transfer tax by 1.9% on properties over a million dollars to create a dedicated funding source and are hoping to get public input by implementing a referendum question in the November 8 general election. Currently, the proposal to put the question on the ballot has only 17 automatic sponsors. The city's been doing a number of temporary rental subsidies, which again, um, has been great during the pandemic to get people safe and quickly into housing from congregate shelters and off the street, but ultimately will not be successful unless they can transition into a permanently affordable unit at the end of that. During the budget public engagement forum, I sat at a table with six community members from across the city of Chicago who are really invested in understanding the issue around housing and what we can do better. Jim Harbin, Deputy Commissioner for the Department of Planning and Development, posed questions to the group of community members in a roundtable discussion. What kind of programming do you think would make sense for the mayor to be considering regarding affordable housing and homelessness? First of all, why don't we even start here? What do you think the problem is in terms of why we still haven't resolved that here in the city? I don't have the answers because my answer would be everyone just deserves housing, which should all be free. But I think there's something around the city deciding who they believe is deserving, who they believe is not deserving, and having to figure out something around that. Is it a matter of the city needing to aim resources and making sure that there are more affordable units built? Would that, do you think that would help solve the, the problem? I think yes. I also wonder what we're defining as affordable. And I also know that a lot of times under affordable housing, you have to fit a certain criteria. Um, there's a lot of, you can't have this, you can't have a type of record, or you, you have to have this certain kind of job in order to qualify. And I think if you also just take away the qualifications, because people all deserve to have housing, no matter who they are, what they do, but also be a thing. Just like stop having all these limitations to allow fixed access housing. In response to the concerns about requirements and limitations, Dworkin says the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless has been working on multiple policies to address the issue. We've worked on ways to get eviction records sealed and ways to um, ensure that people don't end up with an eviction on their record because that can be a huge barrier to accessing housing and then criminal background checks as well is a huge barrier. You know, we supported the effort in Cook County to pass the Just Housing Ordinance, which is now in effect, that says that landlords can't look at convictions that are more than three years old. And if they do have a conviction that's less than three years old, they have to consider people's individual circumstances. They can't do the criminal background check until they've decided, you know, I want to rent to this person. And then if they find it's something in their background, they have to talk to them and find out, you know, what's happened since then. And so these are really important policy policies because those are huge barriers. Due to the pandemic, most data on eviction filings in Chicago are from 2010 to 2019. According to the Lawyers Committee for Better Housing, one in 25 renters and families 
were facing an eviction a year during that time period. In May 2020, Governor Pritzker signed Illinois' COVID-19 Federal Emergency Rental Assistance Program Act, which provided protection for renters and homeowners, such as expanding the sealing of eviction court records for cases filed on or during the pandemic. With all of those barriers stacked against people, some of their only options for a safe space to sleep are shelters. And community members said the availability and accessibility of shelters in Chicago are a concern as well. I work in a CPD district where mm-hmm. people are often calling 311. Um, I've seen a family with two little kids wait 24 hours in a CPD lobby, wow. um, which is not sustainable. But like lack of shelter beds, which is not like a first choice, obviously, mm-hmm. but it is an option people have right now. Well, it's an option they should have, and it's barely an option they have because there's not enough beds um, or transportation for people to get to that. Dworkin says the system the city has in place for accessing shelters is tedious and leads to long wait times. With the exception of like a couple of just overnight shelters where you can actually show up at the door, uh, most shelters, um, you have to go through the 311 system and, and wait for transportation. So it's not even actually a matter of not having a way to get there. It's more that you have to go through this system where you're waiting for someone to pick you up and do an intake with you and then take you to the shelter. According to the Chicago Department of Family and Support Services, the Chicago Homeless Shelter System includes overnight and interim shelters across 50 facilities with a total of 3,000 beds. We are very focused on investing new resources and permanent housing solutions because we could just continue to expand and expand the shelter system, and that's never going to end the problem. So while we recognize there's a shortage, we want to get people permanently housed and off the streets permanently. During the budget public engagement forum, in a video, department heads and city leaders spoke about last year's budget and what they are hopeful for with the new budget. Marissa Novara, commissioner of the Department of Housing, spoke about the unprecedented investment in affordable housing the city of Chicago made through the Chicago Recovery Plan and Mayor Lori Lightfoot's 2022 budget to create 24 new developments in the city. One of the things I'm most excited about, of the 24 developments, 12 of them are near transit on the south and west side. That's never been done before. Coming up into 2023, we will be issuing another funding round And we're so thrilled that the work that we've done on a racial equity impact assessment will impact yet again the developers we're working with. We want them to reflect the people that live in these communities and will reflect the ability for people to choose where they want to live across this entire city. But Dworkin says those 24 new developments more than likely won't be affordable for the people who need them the most. According to the Chicago Department of Housing, A total of 684 units will be family-sized, and 394 units will be affordable to households earning 30% of the area median income out of a total of over 2,400 units. They're talking about housing that is targeted at much higher income levels than what most folks need. So most of that housing in those 24 developments is likely targeted at 50 to 60% of area median income, and that's around $52,000 to $62,000 a year for a family of four. People who are earning minimum wage in Chicago are only earning about $30,000 a year. Most homeless households have less than half of that income. 
So affordable is relative, right? So when you hear the term affordable housing, it might be more affordable than some of the market rate housing, but that doesn't mean it's reaching the folks that need it the most. And a resident addressed the issue at the public engagement forum, noticing that the people who are most in need are not a part of the decision-making process. How's this a budget meeting? And look at who's in the room. These are, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the majority of people in here who don't, who are not the people who need to be in these conversations around affordable housing. It's like, is it, a, is it like a publicity stunt? Where are they actually doing their outreach? Who are they connecting to and talking to? Why don't people have trust in the city to do the things? What's the histor history around it? There are many misconceptions about people who are houseless, and Dworkin wants people to understand that most people never expected to be in that position. Most people who are homeless are not living in a shelter or on the street. Uh, most people are temporarily staying in the homes of others. That is definitely the way that most families and youth experience homelessness. And in Chicago, in our estimate, the 58,000 that I mentioned before, 71% of those folks are living doubled up, staying with others because they've lost their housing. Every single person I've ever talked to who has experienced homelessness has said, I never thought this would happen to me. You know, and I think that's something for people to think about because it's not like some people are born homeless or destined to be homeless. They're in a system that is working against them because what people earn is not enough to afford housing. In the next few months, a proposed budget for 2023 will be released. And Dworkin says it's time for the city to make a change. We feel like it's really important for the city to step up and address this problem. It's a crisis and it's affecting people in all corners of the city. And the, the city has to play a bigger role in addressing it. Thanks for listening to this episode of WBBM In-Depth. We'll be back next week covering another headlining topic. Until then, subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. WBBM In-Depth is an original podcast production. It is produced, written, and edited by Lauren Brown and Jillian DeGroot, with editorial direction by Lizzie Baumgartner. Reporting for this episode was done by Lauren Brown and Jill DeGroot. Thanks for listening to WBBM In-Depth. I'm Lauren Brown. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.